Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Financial Times. We value your feedback. Please go to ft.com slash listen and fill out a short survey for a chance to win a pair of Bose acoustic noise-cancelling headphones. The FT Iraqi forces suffered reverses this week in their battles against jihadi militants in the province of Anbar, west of the capital, Baghdad. Iraq's Prime Minister Haider Abadi was in Washington this week seeking more help as his campaign to push back Islamic State militants appears to falter. I'm Fiona Simon and on the line with me is our Middle East correspondent Borzu Daragahi. Hi Borzu, what's the situation in Anbar province and what were the developments that happened this week? Well, first of all, it must be said that ISIS, the Islamic State of Iraq and the Levant, the jihadi militant group, controls perhaps 80% of Anbar province. And Anbar has been under the control of ISIS for months now. And so last week, finally, it seems, some elements of the Iraqi military forces began an offensive to try to take back parts of Anbar province from ISIS. And according to uh, reports uh, in the New York Times and other publications, the Americans said that they would help uh, in this effort so long as the Shia militias that were taking part in the ground offensive would withdraw. They didn't want to be seen as a sort of air force for Shia militias. And so the Shia militias withdrew, and it's been somewhat of a disaster. Now everyone is complaining about the Shia militias because they aren't in the fight in Anbar province, because ISIS managed to take over parts of Anbar province that were previously being held by the Shia militias. And so just days after these Shia militias withdrew, you've had calls by Sunni leaders in Anbar, not all of them, some of them, for people under the banner of the Shia volunteer, mostly Shia volunteer mobilization force, to come back and join the fight against ISIS. It's quite interesting because I think last time I spoke to you, you were saying that it was clear that the Shia militias on their own weren't enough and they'd had to call in US air power. And now it seems that US air power combined with Iraqi forces is not enough and they need the Shia militias. So both sides need each other. You know, it's absolutely true. The uh, Shia militias, in many cases, they don't call themselves militias. They call themselves members of the popular mobilization force. These folks are battle-tested. They've been fighting against ISIS now for coming upon a year in June. They were fighting against the Americans at some point. Some of them are former members of the uh, Iraqi Armed Forces. As a matter of fact, there was an excellent article in the Wall Street Journal showing the overlap. This is something very evident between the regular Iraqi Armed Forces and the Shia militias. And so you need these Shia militias to fight off ISIS. They're very motivated. They're very skilled. They fight to the end. They fight for a cause uh, as opposed to just for a salary. And so these guys are essential. They're an essential component to the fight. On the other hand, they're sectarian overtones to their language, to their activities, to their fighting, to the things they do after the fighting is over are complicating efforts. They're alienating Iraq's Sunni neighbors, and they're alienating some Sunnis in Iraq who see the militias as an Iranian-backed sectarian force that undermines their position in Iraqi society. Iraq's Sunni deputy prime minister has apparently warned that an ISIS complete takeover of Anbar would directly threaten Iraq's neighbors. Presumably he's talking about Saudi Arabia. 
He's talking about Saudi Arabia. He's talking about Jordan, especially. You know, I mean, Anbar province is a, a crucial piece of Iraq's uh, territory. This is a vast, mostly desert area, the largest province of Iraq, just to the west of the capital, Baghdad, and a very critical area in terms of supply lines, trucking lines between Baghdad and uh, Jordan and the rest of the Middle East, basically, that borders Syria, that borders Jordan, and is close to uh, Saudi Arabia, as well as the rest of the Gulf. And if ISIS manages to impose its will there, it will have repercussions. ISIS will have a base from which to launch attacks on other countries, if it so chooses. Iraq has got its disagreements, hasn't it, with Saudi Arabia? It's blamed some people in the country for backing the Islamic State. And it's also in disagreement with Saudi Arabia now about the latest flare-up in Yemen. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what the advantage was for Haider al-Abadi to be uh, criticizing Saudi Arabia as he's on a trip in Washington. He must be feeling some pressure, not only from Iraq's neighbor, Iran, which is vehemently opposed to the Saudi intervention in Yemen, but also from members of his uh, mostly Shia coalition who share the view that Saudi Arabia's intervention exacerbates the sectarian tensions in that country, turns a political dispute between two camps into a sectarian war that's very dangerous and potentially destabilizing. And also you have senior clergy who have, have also expressed this sentiment. And going back to Anbar, what's the prognosis there, do you think? I think it's going to be a very tough battle. Anbar is a very, very hard place. Look at what it took the Americans to get rid of the insurgents in um, Fallujah, for example. And even that was not effective until the Sunnis of Anbar province in 2008, 2009 really started turning against al-Qaeda for the sake of their own communities and started you know, pushing them out of Iraq. And I think that you know, without a political solution to the whole Sunni-Shia question in Iraq, you're going to have a real hard time uh, winning in Anbar province. Uh, because of the topography, because of the sectarian nature of the province, um, you really need to get Sunnis on board. You really need to get all the Sunnis on board. They need to feel they have a stake in the future of Iraq. They need to feel that they won't be left out on a limb as they were before if, in fact, they do turn against ISIS. And then, you know, later on, what happens? Are you just going to leave us here to uh, get killed in revenge attacks afterward, which is what happened? under Maliki from 2010 to 2012? Or are you going to continue to give us support, keep supporting us so that we have the incentives and the tools to keep not just fight ISIS and get them out of our communities, but to keep them out of our communities? Thank you very much, Bozu. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts.